Brought to you by the students at Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. In today's show, we discuss the African American Heritage Guide and Tour. Up next, an interview with the four community members responsible for this project in Forsyth and Monroe County. I'm Ralph Bass. I'm Vice President of the Monroe County Historical Society. I'm Herbert Gant. I'm President of the Hubbard Alumni Association. I'm Winifred Berry, and I'm Assistant Treasurer for the Hubbard Alumni Association. And I'm Gilda Stanberry, and I'm with the City of Forsyth Convention and Visitors Bureau, Executive Director and CEO. And I'm Patrick Hamilton with Monroe County Schools Radio. I will be conducting today's interview. First off, I'd like to thank all of you for being here today. So let's go ahead and dive straight in. What is the African American Heritage Guide and Tour? Can you provide our listeners with a bit of background behind the project? The African American history in Monroe County has been displayed primarily through local persons such as Miss Rosemary Walker. Uh, she has a great exhibit, but we want to capture the overall history of African Americans primarily from enslavement until the present time. And so that's why we chose to, to do this. We had, we had uh, been in contact with Ms. Gilder, the alumni, and we wanted to, to bring some things out because we felt that there still were some things that were not told that people needed to know about our history. So that's how we got started. And we got with Gilder and we applied for the grant through these three organizations, along with the city and the county government. And it gave us the opportunity to kind of make it a year-long experience and creating um, a self-guided tour. So if you had a couple hours to give it or if you want to take an afternoon or, you know, again, you can kind of customize it according to your interest if you want to, you know, bring the kids along whose attention spans are not always as long. You know, it, it let people kind of do it at their own pace, but like Mr. Gantz said, um, Miss Rosemary's exhibit was principally done at the Conley Building for the month of February, you know, Black History Month, so we thought that this is kind of that year-round approach. So as a community member, if I wanted to participate, am I able just to grab a copy of the guide and follow along? Yes. And plus, uh, the Hubbard alumni, we do a newsletter every year, send out over 700 addresses. So since we, uh, the virus canceled the Hubbard alumni banquet, we decided with all our consent to send it out as a newsletter to the, all the addresses that we have. And we have got so much positive feedback from people out of town, uh, a lot of the relatives that still living, that's relatives in this book. And uh, I've had so many people to call. I hadn't got my brochure yet. I said, it's on the way, it's on the <laughs> way, you know. And so we're getting a lot of good feedback. 
and uh, we worked almost a year yeah. on this project. Even though the virus stopped us from meeting in person, but we did a lot of stuff on the phone and on the weekend. Gills and I, I think we moved in together at one, <laughs> at one point, like <laughs> trying to get information. And uh, we had a good relationship, all four of us, with this. It seems to me that you can actually take the stool in the comfort of your own den, just pull out the brochure and read it. <laughs> the, the locations and the folks that are featured within the brochure, how were those decided to be featured in? <laughs> how were those selected? Well, we had a list, uh, a lot of names, and so all of us took who we, you know, we said, I, like I said, I take Mr. James, and I contacted their family. Herbert had so many. Mr. Bass had so many, Gilda had so many, and then the one that were left all of just whoever could get the information. We did have one cardinal rule. No living persons were to be specified in the biographical section. And that list was well over 100 names, and we just kept working it, working it, you know, where we could get the best uh, information in terms of being able to document, making sure that it kind of represents in a broad spectrum of what occurred, you know, how it tells the story. We, we had several reads, uh, the four of us sitting down and reading out loud all of these biographies and making sure that they really were a narrative, not only of those people's lives and their contributions to the community, but to um, the African-American community. So it was a lot of work kind of whittling that down and making sure it was a solid, comprehensive group. And we came from a, his, a real historical point of view by starting, like I said, in the early age, which we call a basement. To use the word abasement instead of enslavement, we sort of like load the torn and that these people were self-deserving black people didn't have anything to do with their circumstances. But later on, they would, because of the civil rights activity involved in the, um, uh, the 18, 1865, which, which you know is part of Abraham Lincoln, what he did for blacks, for freedom. So we wanted a soft tone to tell the historical facts and then to move on and go into adjustment of how blacks and white work together and even tell you some of the bad parts of our struggle. So we wanted that to be out there and even to tell the education part. So we had educators before the Hubbards. And so this was an overall history. But then the adjustment, we're still working on that. You know, and this is just short synopsis of these people. There are a lot of more history that needs to be told about these persons. For example, many of the, uh, the doctors that we talked about here had descendants that have become doctors in the family. And so we, we wanted to show that people, these people became doctors, some of them became lawyers, civil rights persons, and that out there. And because of the way things migrated to the point of the school itself, state teachers and ag college eventually, there were a lot of people coming from all over 
state of Georgia that came to school here. And many of those people became famous, and we don't even have those persons in here. So, but, but this is a starting point, you know. So it's going to be enhanced, and it's going to show that we care about our community and that we are concerned citizens that are looking forward to make things better for every, everyone. This falling under the realm of tourism, I know that much of the industry is hurting and many events and exhibits are closed across the country, but it seems that this is geared so well to what we're currently in, especially being a self-guided tour. Mr. Bass even mentioned that you could follow this guide along right in your den. Did COVID affect the way that you all were planning for this, or was the structure of this decided pre-COVID? I think that the formatting and things like that, we pretty much had set in our minds how we were going to divide it, how we were going to lay out the information and worked through it. I think COVID had more of an impact as to how we worked together, shared information, you know, had our read sessions, you know, things like that. Um, then it did certainly the content because this was always going to be a guide and a tour it was always going to have a um um you know a little driving tour for sites around monroe county where um important things happen we couldn't possibly cover everything but there again we were trying to give some overview and remind thing you know people that these were the things that shifted uh, society, that changed the course of uh, people's lives. I mean, a lynching is um, something that impacts generations. Um, there, so we were very thoughtful in making those kind of uh, decisions when we put in, like, the uh, Job's Chapel, the Rosenwald, you know, like, uh, Herbert said, I mean, this is generational. Folks came here, they went to school, their children were educated, they went to, you know, they went to church together, went to school together and all, and it impacts generations. So whether they remain here in Monroe County or they go beyond, um, it, it's our legacy. This is a product of the Monroe County Historical Society, the Hubbard Alumni Association, and the Convention and Visitors Bureau. Can you talk a little bit about how all three organizations work together on this community collaboration? I think the Monroe County Historical Society had certain resources that we were able to draw upon. Over the last few years, we've been able to accumulate fairly extensive files of information on individuals who live in Monroe County, on industrial development, on educational development, on health. And the use of our resources, I think, made a contribution to the final publication. I agree with Ralph. Uh, a lot of the information that uh, came in in reference to uh, the lynching, that was information that I didn't have. And I, I'm sure that it was out there because of the museum in, uh, I think it's in Montgomery. I could have read it, but some things you don't want to really read. Uh, but our organization itself, uh, when we started out, in 1986, the Hubbard Alumni Association, we knew that we already had a vision because we had a man who established education for middle Georgia as one of the third black uh, government-funded college 
in Georgia. Uh, actually, we were the third state teachers and ag college here in Forsyth. But even beyond that history, we found out that we had a lady uh, down in the Bodenbrook area named Helen Cobb, who founded a school, a Methodist school, in Lamar County. Born here, went to Storrs College, which is now Clark College, and she became a principal and a great leader in the missionary work of the CME Church. And she left here and went to Nashville to be to write all of the uh, the first missionary works of the church. So we had, so I said, this is so great history. And this person, of course, as you see, is on the Georgia Women of Achievement. So, so we, we wanted to get this history out because it was not really shown in some of the other areas of our black history. And also that uh, everybody that's in this brochure mm -hmm. had an impact on everybody in Monroe County for us Afro-Americans. You are... Uh, they was raised up together. They might be your relatives, blood relatives, but if I call you uncle, my friend will call you uncle or call you auntie, but you're not in the blood relative, but you was all together. And a lot of these people that, people that still living are relative to some of these people, and they didn't know any of this history. And this is a good way that we could get it out to people who might have been born in 1960. They don't know nothing about nobody born in 1925, you know. And so it was an information tool. And just like Herbert and Ralph said, it's a lot of more information. But we had a brochure that it was uh, just the amount of information we can put in there. And then people can go and look these peoples up and find out more information and like Herbert said maybe this is just a start in the next couple of years we might do another one and be more peoples from Monroe County that uh, impact people's lives and so that was a lot of reason that we wanted to do this to give information out to Monroe County. And I would like to add that some of the material came from a book that was written in 1917 um, by Caldwell. But I have that book. It's over 100 years old. My auntie had it up in her, her loft. And I was saying, what is this book? I, I picked it up one day and started reading it. And then I said, wow, these black people did this back before slavery. I said, this is amazing. History that we didn't learn in our school, you know. We learned about a little bit about Frederick Douglass and John Walden and uh, people like that and uh, White over the NACP, but we didn't really know this kind of history. And those, most of those guys, if you read that book or if you go and look at it on a digitized level, they call it the history of American, the American Negro and its institution. I was able to take that some of those. Uh, some of those stories, and it's of seven states. Uh, Georgia has two copies, part one and a part two. And take some of those persons. I saw the neighbor guy in there, and I saw the Hubbard. And then I start looking at uh, Googling to find out who their descendants were, you know. So 
And then the neighboring family, ooh, when we found out that they were appointed by different presidents on, on first commissions that blacks have been appointed to, and president of HBCUs, I said, this is amazing history. And their father was the pastor of St. James Church. So I said, wow, this is, so right now, almost every day, I'm on the computer looking and uh, trying to to get uh, access to this kind of information, Google it, see what I can find. I had Ancestry.com. Some of them allowed me to go in there and say, look at a few things about their family. So it's great. You know, it's it's amazing. I'm excited. Well, I can tell you um, briefly that the Convention and Business Bureau got involved, um, I guess, actually, probably three or four years ago with the Hubbard alumni and with the Monroe County Historical Society on other projects. And um, our work together just keeps evolving. Um, we did the Georgia Trust um, uh, ramble, and um, so we worked together on that. Um, certainly, Ralph and I worked together very closely on that with the Georgia Trust folks, but it was definitely a community effort. Um, out of that, I think ha this kind of partnership, this kind of engagement has evolved, would have identified um, things that are important to our community, um, not only for the people who live here, but also for our visitors. Um, one of the important things to remember is that if you like it, so will your visitor like it. And so um, we're a small community, but we have wonderful offerings. And things like these self-guided experiences are really important because we do have visitors. We do have friends and family who will come. Um, it is that experience, but it also lets us share ourselves physically and virtually with other communities. I know that Herbert said he's had people from California and Chicago call him after receiving this and ask him about their family members or how pleased that they were, you know, involved in this. And um, that's a form of tourism. So our job is to promote this community to the rest of the world. And I think that in a way we have accomplished that, but we've done it in such a way that it enriches the lives of the people that are here as well. So that's kind of how we got involved. We, um, we wrote the grant for the humanities and um, everybody chipped in and, um, and we made it happen. I mean, just rolled up our sleeves and worked. Through your research preparing for this guide and tour, are there any particular stories or moments in history that you found to be your favorite? I guess two things for me, the story of the Hubbards. Uh, William Hubbard started this education at Kynette United Methodist Church back in 1902. Then his son took it over, Samuel Hubbard. And it's another Hubbard, believe it or not, I think in Ohio. So you have to be careful when, you, when you're looking it up. And uh, my mom, Samuel Hubbard was my mom principal, you know. So Mr. Hubbard brought education to Monroe County for Afro-American peoples, you know. 
for us to learn. You got doctors. You got um, uh, some students have been dean of a college. So people have pursued other uh, information or uh, working status from Hubbard. They are from Hubbard, you know. Um, so Mr. Hubbard is in our heart. And we want to keep the Hubbard School and the Hubbard organization enlightening to people to get information or come back to see how how Hubbard have progressed over the years, even both of them deceased now. And my second is Paul James. He owns some business like the uh, dry cleaner. Him and his wife helped a lot of students in high school. And I was one of them, uh, and my sister. And we uh, picked up dry cleaning from customers and delivered. He had a cafe. But they helped students to improve themselves. They gave back to the community by helping uh, students in high school have a little part-time job, on pick up clothes on Monday and deliver on Friday and Saturday. And... Uh, Personally, they're not really my relative, but I, I take them out to my relative, you know. Uh, I never had learning license. He helped me get license in order to drive the station wagon, you know. So you think about stuff like that. And like I said, he helped a lot of, a lot of students during the years. And um, you always stay connected, even though Mr. James has passed away, but his wife is still living. And I go visit her constantly because she's in my heart and it meant something to me. Well, education really started in Monroe County uh, right after, you know, the Civil War in 1865. The Jackson Academy is located over there by near St. Luke L.M.E. Church, which is the church that I attended. And Henry McNeil Turner, which was an important man in the state of Georgia, uh, was actually here and help establish the Freedman Bureau criteria, the criteria for implementing the program after President Lincoln said, you know, you must free the slaves and provide them an opportunity to advance. And so he here, he worked here in Middle Georgia and also became a legislator, was the one ele elected. However, our system sometimes go against it with a resurrection again, and that they got him out, you know, so, but, so this is these are lessons learned, but people need to know that he was a free man before he came here. He came from a royal family in Africa, and he learned through uh, dealing with a white lawyer in South Carolina, teaching him about these kinds of things and improvement of your people. So I'm elated about that, and uh, I just wish that young people would learn this kind of history because they can see that these people were motivated in establishing their businesses. Even though they were under oppression in a way, they still were able to, to say, I'm going to believe in God, believe in and, and, uh, and go to church and do the right thing and that we will acquire businesses and move up. I need to see more of that today among our young people. So that's, this is why history is important to me, that you learn from your past, respect it, what happened, you may not like everything that happened, 
but it's just reality. But you can do better if you really desire. So those are the things that I gather. I appreciate the communication of the races here in Monroe County. You know, it has been a great relationship compared to some communities. And then I appreciate what the alumni have done itself because what we have shown other black alumni, who, that there are not many that exist and have the support that we have from the city, the county, you know, in this community. They have to go out on their own and establish, but we had that, that support from this community. And it was a lot like Ms. Berry said, because of Mr. Hubbard dealing starting as a private school, pulling white and black together to make it go and become a state college and then move on. So this is just part of the great vision that he's, that we see. Well, Mr. Bass and I are, are transplants. And I guess that uh, I've only been here five years. So I'm the newbie in the group. Um, but, um, I feel like um, it was a real joy to learn about folks. It was a real joy to learn about the community. I'm like Mr. Gant in that I appreciate the history. I, um, I look at it in relationship to the history of my own family and how there are parallels and things that connect. Um, the things that connect one, that's one of the reasons that we put the timeline in here is so that people would see what was going on in Monroe County and the world and how um, we're all interconnected. I mean, this is, these, are, these are not some um, sterile stories about somebody in a faraway land and you don't know anything. These, these are our people. And so... Um, I think that that's really important. I think it's also very inspiring. Again, I'm not from around here, as they say, but I was and am inspired. Their stories just blow you out of the water. And I, I mean, real powerhouses. Um, and then you have people like, you know, Chick Wills that literally traveled the world and, you know, played to stadiums of people and, those things have lasting impact. And um, again, those things just really inspired me and um, brought joy to not only this experience, but, you know, just in general to my overall, you know, quality of life. And I think that that, that is shown again in um, how other people are responding to the guide. Folks, that's all that we have time for today. If you missed any of this interview, check out our podcast at anchor.fm-mcsradio. Be sure to tune in next week as we share the second half of this interview. Thank you for tuning in to Mumro County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ. And as always, go dogs. The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Monroe County Schools.